I read a line the other day and it said, what you choose to work on and who you choose to work with are far more important than how hard you work. This is an exact representation of needle moving tasks, knowing your values, knowing your whys, acting within it and making long-term progress where you're seeing the changes. You are seeing the magic happen instead of just always spinning your heels and wondering why are you not seeing the results? This episode, I'm going to see if you question if as a high performer, you are really working your most effective. Or are you working too hard on the wrong things and making way more work than it needs to be? Welcome back to Well With Michelle, where we find a holistic approach to habits and discipline. It kills me when I see hardworking humans going after their desires without seeing those epic results. Let's shift that scrambled, rushed, and overwhelmed day into effective action to get the thing done. We have big dreams and we plan to accomplish them in this community, while we also make space for all of life's little joys. Come on, friend, let's grow. Happy Wednesday, my friend. How did your blue January go? My colleague informed me on Monday that it was blue January, and you know what? I felt that. I was was slugging on Monday, but hey, Tuesday and Wednesday, we came back fast. Take a quick moment to reflect. How's 2024 feeling so far? And we're not doing this from a place of judgment or insane resolutions, but more just a point of reflection. Who do I want to be today? Who do I want to be this week? Who do I want to let that grow into this year? This is one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is being 100% present where you are. And... It's not going to be about meditation practice or a presence practice, even though I do love that and I find it very valuable and it's something I really do enjoy keeping in my routine. But this is going to be more being present in the day-to-day, doing all of the activities, the tasks that you need to get done. But how can we be 100% with what we're doing in every moment? I started this practice taking it seriously probably about a year ago. That when I'm doing one thing, I'm not doing another. So for example, my partner would testify to this. I am useless at responding to texts while I'm working. Whether I'm working at the airline or whether I'm working on my business. When I'm working, 90% of the time, I don't have my phone with me. And because at that time, I am building my business. I am focusing. I am doing what I'm doing in this moment. But then vice versa, When I am hanging out with people that I love, when I'm hanging out with my partner, when I'm hanging out with my sister and my nieces, I'm 100% present where I am. You won't find my phone anywhere near me. But listen, if I'm doing a doom scroll of Instagram, I'm 100% present where I am. I am not holding effective conversations or really paying attention to the world around. I have found this practice so incredible because In a way, it takes you off of autopilot because you think I am 100% committing to this moment. And it lets you reflect for a moment of I am 100% committing to maybe Instagram doom scrolling. Oh, okay. Is that what I want to 100% commit to right now? Maybe it is. 
Maybe it isn't. Or I'm 100% committing to being out on this walk connecting with Mama Earth, meaning I don't have a podcast in. I'm just here enjoying the sun, the movement, whatever it is. When I'm at the gym, I am only working out. I do not like talking to people while I'm at the gym. Like not even my partner. We go into the gym together. We don't work out together. And then we leave together. Because when I'm at the gym, I am 100% lifting weights. When you start to take this approach, now obviously there's nuance. There's some times in life where you've got to split your attention a bit. But overall, if the vast majority of the time you are 100% committed to what is in front of you, it's incredible the results that come from it. Now we've got the obvious examples of when you're working, say you're working on a task for a project at work, you're more effective, you're more productive, you're putting out higher quality work when you're distraction free. I know personally, I work in an open air office and it is the most useless environment for focus. One, my colleagues are super funny, so I love talking to them all the time, but Because there's no barrier in any way, everyone just feels that they have the opportunity to start a conversation at any time. And I'm not just talking about people interrupting me. I'm equally to blame that I'm going over and just interrupting people because there's no barrier stopping me. Or I use a visual sign for myself in the, at home, my home office, even when my partner's not home. So there's nothing to distract me. I close my office door when I'm working. Because it signals to my brain, hey, right now, we are working. It doesn't matter that you can see a little bit of dust from the sun shining through the back window and onto the floor and you really want to sweep right now. No, we are working. You can sweep later. It doesn't matter that your phone is pinging with you know, messages or voice notes from your clients because right now, I'm building the No Fuss Academy. I'll respond to my clients later. When we start to be 100% where we are, another really beautiful thing that I've noticed has come from it is how much less time I spend on technology because I don't allow myself to split my attention between two things. Even something as simple as when we're driving in the car and I'm sitting as a passenger, I don't play on my phone because I'm sitting there and I'm visiting with my partner or whoever's the driver. It creates this presence and this connection when you commit 100% to whatever you're doing. Another way this has really served me and high performers, it's going to serve you as well. When I am resting, I am 100% resting. If I'm sitting down and reading my book, I am sitting down and reading my book. I used to be the person that would bring my book and make sure I was biking at the same time, or I would be grabbing, you know, I'd have to be listening to a podcast and learning and expanding. I couldn't just be watching a silly rom-com on Netflix when I was chilling out. It gives you these clear boundaries with yourself and with others that when I'm committed to this one task, this is what I'm doing. Anyone who's close to me knows that I've got a terrible response time for texts, and I take pride in that. I am not available by text 24-7. I joke to my partner all the time. I was like, if you get arrested, you should probably call someone else because they're more likely to get the call faster. I don't respond to texts until the evening, typically. Sometimes I'll send a good morning text and respond right then and there, or if I know I'm meeting up for a plan, you know, like, okay, we're on our way. Those kind of things. But if it's just generic chit-chat, I'm not responding to text until the evening. 
because I realized how sucked I would get into conversations. And like these conversations are lovely. I love chatting with my friends, my partner, my sister, whatever it is. But I get so sucked into the conversation that all of a sudden, now I'm not focusing on the task at hand, the needle-moving task in my business. Now I'm not getting my proper workout in because I am talking. I'm laughing. I'm enjoying that quality time with my friends. But I'm also trying to do more than one thing at once. I think you get the point, right? We've given multiple examples. Now, something I want to share with you, because this this is important. A Stanford study showed that productivity declined when a person worked more than 50 hours per week. Take a quick moment, take a quick poll, and just check in and be like, ooh, was that me this week? And then at 55 hours, there was a sharp decline in productivity. So people who achieve success, in whatever regard that means to them, whatever success looks like to them or to you, it's not that they necessarily work harder than everyone else. They just do a few key things right. And I watch this a lot. I watch this a lot in my office environment. I love just observing people. And there's people that will work 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. But then you look at the conversations that are going on throughout the office. You look at the meetings that are rostered that could have been a five-minute conversation and are instead blocked in for a 30-minute meeting time. The amount of time wasted in our days is truly exceptional, really. And starting to recognize that and getting into the groove of, hey, no, when I'm doing one thing, I'm doing one thing 100%. I've got maybe, I don't know, maybe about four or five points for you today of what these key things are to have you stop working so much Stop feeling like you're all over the place trying to get so much done and feeling like, okay, well, I worked really hard. I worked a freaking 10-hour day. Why am I still not done these silly tasks? Why, when I still get home, I've got this mental load of everything that's still on my plate from the workday because I didn't complete it? Let's talk about a few simple shifts that we can start to make so that we're not stuck in this spiral so that we can get into our top 20% and stop wasting time on the other 80%. This is something I built my entire No Fuss Academy around. I'll link any of the details below if you want to take a look at it after. It is to stop with the fuss in life, to stop with filling our days with busy work and get really connected to what really matters. Because two really beautiful things happen when we do that. One, we get clear on what we value and we live within our values, meaning we have more satisfaction, meaning we feel more aligned, we feel more fulfilled, we feel like we're living on purpose. And two, it allows us to slow down because we're not just packing our days with ridiculous busy work. Instead, we're getting done what needs to get done. And equally as important, we learn how to let go of what really just doesn't matter as far as task and fuss work. So number one in this, here's one of those key things that successful people have a habit of doing, and it's not to do with more work. But number one is blocking out every day with a block of time for undisturbed work. Like, I don't know about you, but isn't it? wild how little you can get done in a day 
but then you sit down for one, two to three product, two to three hours of productivity work, no distraction, and all of a sudden, like you have made leaps and bounds. So, say you're working, maybe it's an office environment. You got your emails going off. You've got your teams going off. Maybe you run your own business, so you've got Slack things popping off all the time. Every thought a person has just immediately gets shared in our age of technology. And because of this, because our brains are jumping around, this is something called task switch cost. And we call it multitasking and we think, oh, we're all so good at it. Like, raise your hand. Would you tell yourself that you're a good multitasker? I'm here to tell you you're not. It's one of those those studies where it's proven wildly that even though we all 100% believe we're the best multitaskers ever, we're actually all really, really useless at it. It's called task switch cost and it brings down the effectivity of your work greatly. So when we start blocking in these undisturbed hours for work, whether that is working on, you know, a personal development thing, this is something that you're journaling, whether it's some, a project at work, whether it's working on your business, whether it's working on your health, your fitness, like whatever you decide is a needle moving task, is an essential, I need a distraction free environment, block off non-negotiable time in your schedule. There's always going to be the people that think, well, you know, like life happens, you know, the schedule is sometimes, you know, unpredictable. Yeah, absolutely it is, but do everything in your power to plan for that. And even, even if you can't set a specific set time, because you don't know if your kiddos are getting picked up at 9am or noon, say non-negotiable, I am going to have two hours of distraction free time to work today. Now, a little pro tip for productivity is absolutely to get it done in the morning. Whatever is most essential, you should be doing as soon as you wake up, after you have some breakfast, after you move your body, then you should sit your butt down and get to work. But that's not always. We can't always live in our ideal. Sometimes you can't do what you need to do until after the work day or after the kids go to school. Whatever it is, do your best to support yourself in setting yourself up for success and doing it as early in the day as possible. But don't be so lenient on yourself that, oh, I couldn't get it done at 9 a.m. when I thought I was going to, so fuck it, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Because that's when we get into that spiral of just pushing things off. Or we try to push too far. I'm just going to keep doing tasks. I'm going to keep doing tasks, even though it's 9 o'clock at night. Even though I know the quality of my work is absolute garbage right now, I could just go to sleep instead, have a really great sleep and wake up and power through this at a faster pace with higher quality output. But instead, I'm going to push myself to, I don't know, brag about working a 9, 10, 11 hour work day. Yeah, so number one, block out, set times, non-negotiable, undisturbed work and get your phone the hell away from you. And I'm going to tell you right now, I give myself a lot of excuses and I caught myself on this last year and I made it a a, a non-negotiable in 2023. I'd go, well, I need my phone for this. I need my phone for this. It's easier if I just look at the notes I have on my phone and then just type it up on my laptop. I create my content on my phone. I need my phone for this. I figured out a way to get all of my information onto my laptop so that my phone stays outside of the office when I'm working. Even today, I had some things I need to get done. They were really fussy tasks. They were painfully boring, but they had to happen. So 
as soon as I got into the office, I put my phone away in my purse to make sure that I was not grabbing at it because we are so tempted when we are bored or when we're struggling. And it's a, it's a reaction that you maybe don't even notice until you start to pay attention to it. That when I feel discomfort, I pick up my phone. That discomfort might be, I don't know what the next step is. This is boring. Oh, I feel a little bit challenged. This is outside of my usual comfort zone. And it takes away an opportunity for us to grow and sit in the discomfort. Just being mindful of how effective it is to have those distraction-free times because it allows you to work through those moments of resistance without trying to numb with some sort of distraction. Number two, a key thing for helping you take needle moving action as opposed to just packing your day is identifying your needle moving tasks because we know that about 20% of our actions give us about 80% of our results. Let's give you an example. I really reflected on last year and I honestly don't love short form content. I don't feel that I can share the value that I want to share the way I can on a podcast like this with you guys. But I still know it's part of the game right now. I got to hold my Instagram up and I do enjoy doing it. It's just not when I, it completely consumes my life. So while I don't regret it, when I first started, I posted three times a day, seven days a week to get some momentum going. No problem. That's where I was at that stage. But now I'm on Instagram. I've had an account for multiple years now. I've got 14,000 followers. I've got an amazing community. I've put in some of the legwork. So I've pulled back a little bit. And I haven't pulled back because I am ready to give less in my business. I pulled back because I realized the amount that I was posting was taking away time where I could be building a YouTube platform where I can share longer form media, which I feel is more valuable in the way I like to share my information. So I made a deal with myself. I only post on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays now. I don't go on Instagram on the weekends at all. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I just do a little of interaction. That has given me, I used to take an entire day to plan all my content on Sundays. And now it takes me a couple hours max. So how can you look at where your needle moving tasks are? If you're looking at, say, let's go bring it to a household item, a daily thing. If you find that every night you are going around your house and you're just picking stuff up everywhere, there is junk everywhere. You're missing your, some of your sleep. You feel stressed. It clutters your mind because the home is clutter. Instead of every single night walking around and cleaning up clutter, how can you physically start to get rid of clutter in your home? How can you start to hang hooks where people throw their sweaters so that you don't have to hang it? It's already hung up. How can you make it more accessible for an easy place for the kids to stow their lunch bags that you don't have to do it no matter what age they are. They've got a little drawer that's their height and they can tuck their items away. Is there a system that you can create that at 7 p.m. every night, every single person in the household has an area of the house and you go through and you do a 10 minute tidy of your specific area and then you're done. That's an example of finding your 20%. Instead of you solo cleaning up the disaster for 30 minutes every night and feeling like garbage, everyone contributes. Or even better, you find even better solutions so there's less junk laying around all the time. 
There's so many different ways to identify this. I go deep into this in my No Fuss Academy. So again, if that's interesting to you, go ahead, scroll down. You'll find more details in the show notes. Okay, number three, that one of the absolute best things as a high performer and as someone who wants long-term success, not like, I'm going to blow up success right now and then I'm going to burn myself out and I'm never going to take action again because the first time was so horrendous because I went way too hard, way too fast. You focus on consistency over intensity. So I want to talk about an example of this. Someone was just telling me that they're doing the hard 75 challenge because New Year's just started, right? And you hear about this every single year and people go ham on the hard 75 challenge for two, three, four weeks if they're lucky. I think four is probably on the generous side because we know that the average resolution is given up on by January 10th. The hard 75 challenge or a really big resolution not broken down into actionable steps or something that is too far out of reach is a mistake. It's finding that fine balance of this challenges me, this pushes my comfort zone, but it's not so insanely far away from where I am currently. So say you're running a business and you're, you've made, you made 10K last year in total. If your goal is to make 2 million this year, that's too far out of reach. And I'm not saying that to crush your dreams. I I believe in the universe and I believe in manifestation and I believe that unimaginable things can happen because they do. That's how the universe operates. But if you were at the energetic capacity to make 10K this year, it's very unlikely that you're at the energetic capacity to make 2 mil next year. Because your habits, your beliefs, your systems are 10K systems, beliefs and habits. So you need to build up those $2 million habits, systems, beliefs. That's going to take time. I can't sugarcoat that. I I can't say that any other way. You've got to be in it in the long run. If you want this life that is epic and delicious and you see people and you're like, cool, I love the way that they're choosing to live their life and I would love that life for myself as well. We've got to be in it for the long term. We've got to stop looking for the quick fix, the crash diet, the 30-day reset to build your multi-million dollar business. Anything like that is garbage. And anyone who has seen long-term success, and I'm not just talking financial success. Financial success is amazing and it absolutely is going to contribute to your happiness. It just will. Any of that bullshit about like money doesn't buy happiness. No, it doesn't buy happiness, but it does make life easier and it allows you to experience more. It also takes a lot of stress off. It improves relationships. So, but outside of financial success, there's so many other versions of success. Success in relationships, in travel, in building hobbies, in building an incredible group of friendships. These are all amazing levels of success. And all of these, to be able to sustain that next level, that epic level that you're desiring, that is going to take showing up day after day, week after week, year after year. So you build your capacity to be that person. The quick fixes are not it. Because the people that are happiest, 
the people that feel fulfilled and connected to how they're living their life every day have built the skill and fully connected to the journey it took to get there. That skill, that journey doesn't happen in one week, in 30 days. It doesn't even happen in a year. Like we are talking long term. Let's start looking more often about not only our one-year plan, but our five-year plan, our 10-year plan. So that that plan might change and we know it will. It'll adapt and grow as we grow, but also it gives us a guiding light. I don't need to have it done all right now. I don't need the quick fix because I know that's not where I'm going to find success. Doing these three things, I'm going to tell you what, my friend, are going to be a game changer and help you create a life similar to those you most admire. Not necessarily in their actions and their plans and their exact goals, but in the way that they tackle them, the way that they sustain them, the way that they continue to feel just as passionate about the goal on week one as they do on year 10. You got this. You deserve something that feels delicious and epic. And those three steps are going to help you get there. I love you lots. Let's talk next Wednesday. My friend, thanks so much for sticking around. I have something really important to ask you. Are you tired? Tired of putting in the work? You're showing up, you're doing the thing, but the way you're currently living is creating a shell of a human. You're on autopilot and honestly, you're just unsure of when to say enough is enough. Let's look at the simple actions that we can take daily so that at the end of the day, you feel accomplished as opposed to just numb with tasks. In just 15 minutes a day, you can learn to take the actions that are essential in your life. You cut out the fluff that's stealing all your time to make space for the things you love. What if you could still go after your big audacious goals and dreams? but also be able to slow down and get ice cream with your nieces or stop over to see your parents, to be able to sit down and have a chill night with your partner again. It's time to take back control, and we're going to do it in 15 minutes or less. Join the No Fuss Academy today. Learn how to optimize your day-to-day, to stop that constant feeling of rush, and instead find the actions that are filled with passion and purpose. We're making our days more effective, not to add more crap to our to-do list, but instead make space to laugh and create and move and get back to living your good life. Sign up today. You can find more details in the show notes below. I can't wait to see you on the No Fuss Academy.